trust is the number one thing that people get wrong. And they think by keeping professional, that's the way to be seen as a leader. It's actually quite the opposite these days. People want real. They want to understand your thought process. Even if they don't agree with it, at least they know how you got there. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 151 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I hope you are having a fabulous week and you're ready to get into this week's episode, which is all about building executive presence, especially if you're a woman. Now, as you're about to find out, these days, it's not just about how you look when it comes to presence in the workplace. You've got to be the full package. You've got to perform well, work well with your team and look the part as well, which includes how you physically look and your personal brand. And to help me discuss this topic on the show, I'm so excited to introduce you to Melissa Lewis from Style Confidant. Melissa helps high-performing women to unleash the power of their executive presence in order to have greater visibility, greater reward, and influence at work. As the founder of Style Confidant, she has inspired thousands of exceptional women to commercialize their talents by taking their brand substance, their charismatic character, and their executive style to the next level. As you're about to find out, she helps women to uncover their blind spots, um, especially for women who have credibility, but they don't have the visibility to achieve the success that they deserve. And for many of them, their missing X factor is not necessarily their IQ or their EQ, but what she describes as their PQ, which is their presence quotient. So if you want greater visibility at work, more reward for your efforts and more influence, or maybe you feel like you're being overlooked, then maybe you need to work on your presence. And this is what this episode is all about. And by the way, you don't need to be an executive or want to be an executive in order to have presence or to start building it up. So this this applies to you as well, even if you don't want to be um, an executive. Melissa and I talk about the challenges that hold women back from achieving presence. We talk about how to find your value and discover how others perceive your value, what it means to have the full package at work, and what to do if you have to wear an ugly uniform or a high-vis clothing at work and you feel like it's cramping your style. We also talk about what you could do in those situations as well. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash Melissa. Okay. You ready to meet Melissa Lewis? Let's get to it. My fascination with the power of a woman's presence started when I was really young, like about three years old, working in my grandfather's couture um, boutique in Burke Road, Camberwell, and it just kept growing and you know, I did a business property degree and always wanted to help women and then I saw um, a gap in the market of women who were exceptional at what they did and really experienced but were being overlooked Um, and it wasn't the skills that were holding them back but it was actually that they didn't have a brand, a presence and an image that really complemented who they were and that's when I thought, I'm just going to try this out and um, eight years on and I love every minute of it. 
Who was your first client? Yeah, good question. Um, it was, I actually stood outside Country Road in Church Street, Brighton. And uh, I remember just saying to my husband, I'm just going to see if anyone's going to pay for my services. <laughs> and I watched these um, two very elegant women walk out and I said, oh, you look like you were looking for something but you can't find. She's like, just don't know. I never find anything. And we had a coffee and that was my first client. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it just continued. And I guess all my work has been word of mouth. Um Probably in the last two years, social media through LinkedIn um, or when I present, I meet other clients. But really, um, my referral network mm. has been how my business has just evolved, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, that's so gutsy. I'm so impressed. I'm so gutsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least now you don't have to ask uh, random strangers. If they no, need help, they come to you, right? That's correct. And it's not just about the clothes, but, you know, do you have the confidence? Are you getting that next role? You know, are you getting paid and valued for what you deserve? Are you good at negotiating? Are you walking into a boardroom and being heard? So it's just, it's skyrocketed. There's mm. just so many elements that women of substance um, will often come to me and say, you know what, like I've got so many accolades, but I'm still being overlooked and people with less qualifications than me are getting the roles. What do I need to do? Mm. So what are some other telltale signs that you may not have this level of, of presence or, um, or impact um, that's going to help get you to the next level? Well, when you feel like you're not being noticed, when you feel right. like you're not being heard, there is no cookie cutter. So every woman that I engage with has a different background, different set of experiences, different goals. Um, but common things are they're not being remunerated um, accordingly. Uh, they've missed out for roles or they want to step up to the next role. They're like, right, I'm CEO or want to be a partner. What do I need to do? Um, and so I have a, a few evaluation tools rather than guessing. I now have a science-based tool that I can help my women uncover their blind spots or help them understand how are they currently being perceived because as we know, perception's reality, especially in these big corporate environments. And, you know, nine times out of ten, people aren't really giving you honest feedback of what I've found um, until the exit uh, interview. Okay. So really, you know, what women want who are really high performing is some honest feedback of not just you need confidence or you need experience or you need to be more commercial, but what does that look like? So I've gone to the next step. In the exit interviews, mm. when they are receiving that honest feedback, when it, it comes down to, look, you know, you're, you're, you're skilled, but you don't have that level of. Yeah, you're that, just that, missing that something. What, yeah, what are, what are they missing? What's yeah. the feedback? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's funny because the mysterious X factor of, you know, executive presence has never been defined. Well, up until now. Um, so often it's, oh, you're missing confidence or you just don't have that leadership presence when you walk into a room or, you know, you're really not, engaging with, with everyone and getting them on board, but they can't actually articulate, you know, or you're not charismatic, yeah. you know, they'll never say it's you're not tricky. charismatic enough, but they're thinking that. And I think society, we're so quick and we're so fast that we're making judgments all the time. So especially for women, there's just so many things to think about. Mm. So let's define what presence is before we move into, you know, what are some things that hold women back or what that we can start to do to start building this 
to building our, our presence. Let's define it. Well, how, how do you define it? Yeah. Well, presence means different things to different people. So each of us will have different elements of presence that resonates, holds us back, um, or causes us to be misunderstood. And up until now, executive presence, as I said, has been that mysterious X factor in leadership. And when speaking to organisations, they found it very hard. They knew that you needed it. And often they'd say, yeah, you know, you know when someone's got it. Um, but they couldn't actually nail what it is. And in 2013, actually, Bates Communication in Boston interviewed over 20 psychologists and over 1,000 pilots to understand what executive presence meant. And based on their comprehensive research, um, the communicative leadership company went to define executive presence as the qualities leaders have that engage, inspire, align, and move people to act. And it's funny, when you say that to someone, they're like, ah, because we know it's not always the smartest person in the room who projects executive presence. Mm. So, you know, people are looking deeper at qualities such as authenticity, integrity. Do they have concern? Do they have humility? Yet do they show their practical wisdom? Are they inclusive? You know, are they assertive but not aggressive? So we're looking oh, so hard. It's so hard, you know, And but the thing is, for executive presence, Bates have defined that there's mm. three areas that are equally important and it's your character, so characteristics that help you build trust and rapport and they're developed in your earlier years, um, usually influenced by, you know, your upbringing, not saying you can't change it, but they are influenced in the culture and the environment you've been brought up and then they look at your substance. So your substance is your credibility and wisdom that you know you've developed over your years and then they look at your style so yes appearance does matter um, do you look like an executive is it in line um, with leadership qualities um, do you bring energy and virility are you inclusive are you intentional when you communicate um, are you aggressive so it looks at your style as your ability to bring others on board because Ultimately, as you move up or as females move up the ladder, whatever got you to where you are today is not enough to get mm. you to where you are tomorrow. So to get to that next level, you really need to be able to influence people. You have many different stakeholders and you need to get them on board. So it's not easy until you understand how am I currently being perceived? Where am I being misinterpreted? Or where are the avenues and opportunities that I can further increase my presence? And by understanding that, for example, you know, I had a client that was seen as not authentic. Now she's like, I am authentic. And I said, I know that. But when we dig deeper, she wasn't disclosing um, with sincerity things that were relevant to her. She was more a fence sitter. So in a meeting, she wouldn't make a stand. So no one really knew you know, what her thoughts were on the issue. Um, she was unlikely to um, really bring up experiences that she's had or failures um, to make right. people closer to her because these are the things that people relate to. It's that vulnerability Abs element. Absolutely. And when you're vulnerable, what happens is that people trust you. You know, people trust you and not only trust you, but it allows them for the good times and bad times that you, that, that you will allow them to, you, you will bring them on the journey with you. Yeah. So when you're going through rough times at work, and there always is, that 
you will be able to influence these people because they trust you. Trust is the number one thing that people get wrong. And they think by keeping professional and, you know, not bringing too many elements into their life that that's the way to be seen as a leader. It's actually quite the opposite these days. People want real, they Mm. want authentic, they want to understand your thought process even if they don't agree with it, at least they know how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I I saw um, you wrote a really great blog post around some of the challenges that hold women back Mm. from achieving presence. Mm -hmm. Would you like to go through those? Because I think because it wasn't something that I'd heard of before and I think it'd be great if you could share them on the podcast. And I think there were three things. Sure. Um, Authenticity, I think, is the first thing. Yeah, being real, being vulnerable. Um, oh, yeah, like we just spoke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That's the first thing. I think, mm. you know, in life I've always said, and I say this to my daughter, I say this to my clients, you're not going to be for everyone and that's okay because then the people you're for just connect you, they love you for who you are um, and then you don't devalue your values because you're trying to be someone you're not. Um, so I think in life, you know, having presence is being true to yourself and who you are and not trying to be something for everyone. And, you know, presence and brand, you know, that I work on both. So they are aligned. So your brand needs to be who you are mm. and it needs to be relatable. It needs to be authentic. Um, another thing is, um, you know, for, for a lot of people, um, they're worried, for a lot of women, they're always worried what they don't have. I'm always about maximise what you've got. Can you give an example? Leverage. What do you mean, what do you mean what they don't have? Well, they undervalue themselves. So they'll, okay. you know, when I'm working with women, I'll say, so what do you think your strengths are? Where do you think your opportunities? Then I do an assessment tool, whether it's my own proprietary diagnostic tool or a, or a science-based tool and what they thought they weren't good at they actually were perceived as very good at. So mm. we call that happy blind spots. <laughs> so I love a happy blind spot because I'm like, see, you thought you weren't good and you've been wasting your energy on this particular element of you didn't think that you were visionary and that um, you had great strategic um, analysis of where the organisation can go, yet your peers thought you were f- – fantastic and had great intel and suggestions. So I think it's really important sometimes to to ask for feedback and really see through the lens of others because mm-hmm. often we're misaligned and not always for the worse. Absolutely. So what were those three things? It was authenticity, being, just- your, being yourself as well, so really being um, blinkers on, maximising what you've got. And what were the other challenges? Understanding that brand image yeah, is so, really important. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is about the whole package. So I think a long time ago people used to think that, you know, you don't want to be judged. A book shouldn't be judged by a cover. But, you know, as I said, the times have really changed now and, you know, women in leadership today face a mountain of challenges and as they become more time poor and competition rises, they're finding that their technical knowledge and hard work and drive that got them there, as I said, wasn't enough. So really they need to think about all aspects. So you've got your credentials, you need to have 
um, a personal brand on and offline that's congruent with who you are, um, that has clear values and messages so people can relate to you, um, people know who they're meeting, it's consistent. Um, and that's when you get people excited and go, yeah, I want to work with her, I want to refer her. Um, and then you do need to have an image that when you walk into a room, it just complements who you are. So with a lot of women, when I work on their presence, we obviously work on the inside out and get clarity um, around their character substance. Um, but their style is equally important. And for a woman, and for the last eight years, and I've dressed women for about 20 years before that, the confidence starts from the bedroom. When you get up in the morning and you open your wardrobe and you've got clothes that truly reflect you and you know you're going on stage, it's like when you go for that job interview and you know you bought that new suit and you put it on and you feel good. You get on that stage and you shine because you don't need to concentrate on anything else but delivering on what you're brilliant at. So I think it's it's so important to make sure that your presence, as in your physical presence, what you choose to wear, complements, makes you feel confident. Um, then you 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 have less um, ambiguity of who you are. You know, when people don't know you, we automatically judge you. Do we like you? Do we trust you? Will they deliver? Are they reliable? It's a subconscious thing. Mm. So I say if people are going to judge us anyway, you might as well give them something good to (laughs) judge on. (laughs) I just had a thought around women who have to go out onto site Mm -hmm. and have to wear some hideous high-vis vest and a helmet or something (laughs) like what happens if you have to wear say a uniform that doesn't flatter you or something that doesn't show off your best features what if your work uniform is somewhat out of your control what can you do then yeah so it's interesting so I had that when I was at Westfield they decided to put everyone in a uniform and I was like no it's taking (laughs) away my individuality but I was the team leader and I thought well I've got to set the example so what I did for my whole team is we had our um our uniform tailored So then we felt like that it wasn't just baggy and boxy, but it was actually taken in um, on the shirt, um, made sure the length was appropriate, not too baggy. And actually everyone just felt like, wow, it was made for me. So it was a, it was a different feeling of wearing the uniform. And actually the uniform was amazing. None of us had to think of what to wear. Um, and it fitted us. It complemented us because we had those minor tweaks. Mm. Um, so when you got to wear a high yellow vis, and I remember doing that when I was in shopping center management, I was pregnant and I used to laugh saying I was the wide load. Um, you just got to do it with a smile because it's, you know, for that, it's about, um, safety. Mm. So safety comes first rather than fashion. (laughs) (laughs) So I know a lot of the women that you work with are at the executive level. They're quite high up in their company. Is executive presence still important for women who are maybe at the beginning of their career or a few years in? Absolutely. Um, You don't need to be an executive to want to have executive presence. Executive presence can be learned by anyone. In fact, it's attainable to anyone who desires to get to the next level and realises the importance of having a presence. And the great thing is you're not born with executive presence. Sure, some people um, are more, you know, and naturally possess certain qualities such as, you know, good listening skills or um, exceptionally warm, um, 
not giving a toss about what people think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy um, to be an individual. Correct. Easily to build rapport and trust. Um, but absolutely, you don't need to be an executive to build it up. The first step is really understanding yourself. Mm. You know, I always say before you can lead anyone, you must understand yourself. And to do that, you really need to understand how are you perceived. Mm. And that's the first step is the discovery. How are you perceived by others? Um, and then you know what you can work with. What sort of questions could someone ask, say, their boss or colleagues to get that sort of feedback? Yeah. So a great question would be, you know, um, where do you see my perceived strengths currently? Okay. You know, where do you think there's opportunities for me to grow? What are the kind of things you think detract from my presence and why? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So really just honing in, you know, you don't need many questions, but you could do that, you know, ask, you know, two, two, you know, two people above you, two people, if you've got direct reports, um, two clients that you've worked with, because mm. then you get some rigor around the data. And I think for me, um, having a science based tool, you know, is great because it, it gives data. Yeah. And I love data. Um, and so do my clients. But you know, any feedback, if you can get feedback and honest feedback, it's gold. Mm. If people take the time to actually tell you something, you know, whether you agree or not, it's worth taking on board. Yeah. And it's not about changing who you are. It's just minor tweaks in being self-aware. For example, I had an amazing client, highly intelligent, really gifted. Yet no one really wanted to work with her because she always thought she knew the right answer. She always, um, this is from the assessment tool that came out that, you know, she'd cut people off. She was late. It looked like she wasn't engaged. She didn't realize she had that effect on people. So once she was aware in meetings, she would let other people speak. She would say, Oh, so what do you think about this? Rather than cutting it cutting people out. Um, so she was self-aware of the impact she was having and making minor tweaks over like a three to six month period. You don't change perception overnight. Mm. It is about consistently doing things differently. You know, she got people on board because they knew she was integrity, you know, she had integrity and she was a great person with, you know, concern and um, she was really authentic. She just was so smart for her own good that she didn't realise the impact that it was putting people off rather than getting them on board. So I think once you're aware, because I work with smart women, once they're aware and it's brought to their attention, mm. you just need to have the right coaching to make sure that you don't fall back in those habits too. Yeah, so one absolutely. thing is being aware. The second is learning how and what you can do. Um, so I call it discover first. So discover what you don't know. Um, understand, yeah, how you're perceived. Discover where the development areas and where are your strengths. Always exploit your strengths. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And then learn what are the tools you need to do with different stakeholders so you can come across slightly differently and have a greater impact. So people are going to want to work with you. People are going to want to get excited to be on your train. And then it's about managing. And having that ongoing yeah. feedback and yeah. ongoing tracking. Yeah. yeah, ongoing accountability. It's crucial. doesn't matter what you're doing. I remember I, I did a an assessment tool and it came out as, you know, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic and all that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, that's great. And then it said some people might find that um, – 
might find that you over-exaggerate the benefits of your services, right? And I was like, but I never over-exaggerate the benefits of my services. And my coach explained to me and saying, your enthusiasm in general can come across as being over-exaggerating, even though you're not um, you don't believe they're over-exaggerating. It's just your nature, the fact that you are, you know, excited. energetic and excited, that can come across. I'm and I was, sure I've like, had that. I was like, I had that. no idea. <laughs> I didn't realise that. You know, it's a different way of looking at it. Absolutely. And I remember when I first started presenting, my coach said, not everyone is as excited about your topic as you are. <laughs> In fact, no one is. <laughs> and I said, oh, but hopefully by the end they are. And it was just funny because, yeah, it's true. You don't see those things. You're in the moment. And as I said, not that many people give honest feedback. Everyone wants to be liked. Whereas when my clients come to me, they know I'm not looking for another best friend. Sure, if we get along, that's a bonus. But I'm looking to get you results. And to get re- results, we've got to be real. Mm. And we've got to look at ways that we can get you to the next level of your career. Do you have any other final pieces of advice for our uh, listeners? And other things. Um, I, th- I think to be kind to ourselves. I think often we just, you know, it's, and I do it to myself. I'm a prime example of just go, 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 um, not look back and say, wow, I've achieved so much, always want more. So I think, you know, women in general, um, I'm a mum as well. It's just constantly so many balls in the, in the air. So to really look after yourself, you know, give yourself that time to do exercise or to um, meditate or to swim or to do cooking or to do the things that actually make you happy. There was an amazing thing actually on Lisa Wilkinson's um, uh, a post and it was, you know, what things do you love to do and what things are you doing? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting because, you know, nine times out of ten we're doing things just because we're doing them. So I think for 2018, uh, my advice for women is concentrate on doing the things you love and making sure you present yourself the way you want to be perceived. Love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you about your services, um, where can they reach out to you and, and who are the people specifically that you, you work with? Yeah, so I work with high-performing women um, who are driven down to earth and working male-dominated industries. Um, the best thing is I just love to have a chat. Call me. Let's find out where you are now and um, there's no cookie-cutter approach and see how we can get you to the next level. Love it. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Big thanks to Melissa Lewis from Style Confidant for being such a generous guest on the podcast and sharing all her wisdom. You can find out more about what she does at Style Confidant, that's confidant with an E at the end, styleconfidant.com.au or simply visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Melissa. Now, before I go today, I want to give a quick plug for the free small talk made simple class that I've had. I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people go through this and the feedback has been phenomenal. So I want to share it with you today. 
If you want to feel more confident when talking about yourself, explaining what you do, having conversations both in a work and a social context, then you need to check out this email series. I received an email recently from a, a podcast listener whose name is also Christina, spelled the same way, rock on, awesome. Um, and she writes to say, I have always hated small talk until I heard you on the confidence course, which your lesson one in the small talk made simple class reinforced. It never occurred to me that the deep conversations I love could never have happened without at least some form of small talk to break the ice. I'm trying to look at it like a bridge to help get the lovely conversations I want instead of seeing small talk as an obstacle to suffer through. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much, Christina, for writing in. And it just goes to show that you can change the way you think about small talk because that's a, an issue that a lot of people have with it. They think that it's pointless or useless and we don't need it. And I, you know, we hate making these, these pointless, seemingly pointless uh, conversation. But as you'll find out in the course, it's actually a, a great segue or a trend allows you to transition into deeper, more meaningful conversations. So if that's what you're looking to have at work and in your social life or even with your family, um, go sign up for the course. It's free. It's a 10-day email class and you can find it at freeconfidencecourse.com. Easy, freeconfidencecourse.com. Go sign up. Okay, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.